Welcome to the 10 Minute Strength Pod. Hey, what's up, guys? Connor here with a new episode of the 10 Minute Strength Pod. Uh, it's been a while here. It's been about four months. We've been busy. Uh, we got the gym off the ground. Took a you know a little longer than we expected. We've been running for about two months now, so we feel like we got our feet wet and we can kind of dedicate a little bit more time to creating some content for you guys. So that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, it's been a, a trying, a, a trying course at times. Uh, we got held up at the state level, lost pretty much all the summer, and now we're we're open and we're hitting the ground running, which is great. But it just you know we got pushed back a little bit, and that was a little bit frustrating. So here we are, we're back, and we're going to be delivering a ton of content to you guys coming up between the ten minute strength pod, our uh, sifting through the duds. And all that, make sure you keep checking up on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Our YouTube channel is going to get a lot more lively now that uh, we're, we're doing more content. And this podcast now has a visual component that you can watch on the YouTubes. So check it out. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something called the HIT method. All right, now the HIT method is H-I-T, not H-I-I-T. So we're not talking about high-intensity interval training. We're talking about high-intensity training. All right, now this is something that was created by a man by the name of Arthur Jones and his business partner, Ellington Darden, back in the 70s. You may know those names because they also came up with the Nautilus Fitness Equipment line. All right, so what they did was they created Nautilus Equipment, which was the product, and now they needed the demand. So what better way to create the demand than to create a training method that revolves around the product that you just made right they also were very good they created this thing called the advertorial anybody in marketing i'm sure you know what this is and anybody who was into you know fitness and bodybuilding in the mid 2000s probably saw a ton of this with muscle tech they did a lot of advertorials with their cell tech and their nitro tech um where basically you'd see four to five page articles within these muscle and fitness magazines that looked like an article, but in fact, it was paid advertisement. Um, so these guys that created the HIT method, they actually created this kind of advertising back in the, the late 70s, early 80s, right? So step one, create the product. Step two, create the demand. These guys are geniuses. They they made a, a ton of money and they they really changed the face of, of physical preparation for both the general population and sadly for the uh, uh, sports performance world as well. So back in the the 70s, like I said, they created Nautilus equipment. Um, They outfitted Penn State's uh, weight room with this equipment for free, right, which actually gave them a ton of more kind of advertising, right? So, oh, we, you know, we're in Penn State's uh, weight room, so it has to be good for, for, for sports performance training, right? We're talking about like the very beginning of physical preparation for sport even being a thing, right? So we're... 70s is a long time ago um so nobody really knew any different we didn't have all the the information that we have now there wasn't a ton of uh funds being dedicated to to increasing strength and size and power and all those things so you know you just you were able to say hey we're we're in penn state so we we must know what we're talking about right so let's uh kind of jump into what the hit method is all right again it's high intensity training not high intensity interval training they're they're very different well, they're somewhat different um, so the hit method revolves around 
30 to 60 seconds worth of work done with compound movements. Their whole motto was train harder, but train less, right? So they thought, hey, we can get people that can accomplish these workouts in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, as high as 30 minutes. And then they don't have to train again for two days because we've absolutely destroyed them. Um, It's done at low intensities, which is funny because they call it high intensity training. However, it's done at very low intensities. Um, in order to accomplish the amount of time under tension that they wanted, right? So the HIT method revolved around two things, the size principle and what we call time under tension. Now, time under tension, we're going to grow. It's it's going to happen because you're going to create a lot of damage within the cell, and you're also going to force the muscle to be able to get through this volume, um, which is going to increase something that's called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, and we'll talk about that in a minute after we get done talking about what the HIT method is. The other thing it revolves around is something called the size principle, right? So the size principle dictates that we're going to recruit X amount of muscle fibers to be able to accomplish a task. So the lower the intensity, the fewer muscle fibers it it requires to be able to get through this work. Now, if the volume is high enough, your body is going to continuously recruit more and more and more and more muscle fibers. So we can start off at like 30 to 40% recruiting very few muscle fibers. And then as the volume gets high enough within this set, those get exhausted, your body recruits more and then more and then more and then more. So it's really just a roundabout way to, to be able to recruit maximal muscle fibers. And, you know, they did a great job marketing it. If I can, if I can work out for 10 minutes, four times a week, instead of having to dedicate 12 hours of my life to the gym, then that's great. Right. And for the general population, it was, this is something you know, if you're not somebody who has to be on the field of play and we have to make sure that we're not getting injured and all those things and you just want to look good, the hit method's actually not that bad of a tool. It's really not. It's the fact that it made its way into strength and conditioning at the university level and, and at the professional level that really became an issue. All right. So we've talked about the size principle dictating that you're going to recruit all these muscle fibers, which is great. and You're going to exhaust all of them. <clears throat> the problem is the said principle has to come into account too, right? So we've got specific adaptations to impose demands. That's what said means. And what that means is if you want a specific adaptation, you're going to have to try to put your body in an environment where you're going to have to get that adaptation to get through it. So if we want to get stronger, right, we have to lift heavier weights. That's the way it works. If we want to grow, we have to spend time in a high volume environment. If we want to you know get more conditioned again we've got to spend time in a high volume environment that's the way these things work and the hit method will absolutely put you in a in a high volume environment but it's absolutely not going to get you up under enough enough of a load in order to really increase strength and that's you know i think that's a big issue guys that go through hit programs at the collegiate level and even i mean there's a there's a facility not that far from here where the guys are big hit method guys and it just you're not getting stronger. You're not getting more resilient. We're not decreasing injuries uh, via this route. It just doesn't work that way. All right. So the said principle dictates, oh, I'm sorry, the size principle dictates, right, that we're going to exhaust all these fibers. However, the said principle dictates that we're not going to be able to, to to actually gain these adaptations. It's, it's, it's interesting the way that it sounds, but that's the way that it works. Right. So the reason why the hit method works in gaining size and hypertrophy is actually via something called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Now, there's three different ways that we can grow. There's something called 
myofibril hypertrophy. There's something called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, and then there's something called hyperplasia. Now we'll push hyperplasia to the side for the for the time being because there's really been not many uh, studies where it's been demonstrated in human beings outside of like high level super heavyweight bodybuilders. Um, so we'll we'll just stick with the two different kind of hypertrophies and uh, myofibril hypertrophy is it's increase in the size of the cell structures, the protein structures within the muscle cell itself, right? So that's the actin, the myosin, things like that. We can create that growth via like higher tension, uh, creating more damage and things like that. Then we have sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is what we call non-functional hypertrophy. And that's, that's just in relation to strength. There's absolutely functions of this hypertrophy because it it increases the substrates within the cell, right? So we're talking about ATP and glycogen and sarcoplasm and uh, creatine phosphate. So it's going to increase all these things within the cell, making the cell look bigger. Um, but it it doesn't increase strength in, in the way that, you know, myofibril or functional hypertrophy <laughs> increases strength. All right. So the two differences, right? We have sarcoplasmic and then we have myofibril. Myofibril assists in strength development. Sarcoplasmic does not. So whereas sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is the gas, right? Myofibril hypertrophy is the engine, right? You kind of need both, but you're not going to be able to get faster and get stronger and get more powerful via the HIP method with these 45 second time under tensions and increasing sarcoplasmic growth. All right, it's just not going to happen for you, but it gets marketed that way and people buy into it. And we still to this day, for some reason, have strength and conditioning coaches that think that this is the way to train when in reality it's not. Guys that go through hit method programs end up with more injuries. They end up with less uh, time played, right, because they, they lose time due to injuries. They end up uh, not nearly as strong as they could be. I can't tell you working combine prep for as long as I did. Guys who came out of these hit method programs were all gas, no engine. I had guys that could hit 225 on the bench, receivers for like 12, 13 reps. You put them underneath 275 and they get buried. And that's not how that should work, right? So they are all all gas, no engine. And that's what the hit method, that's the environment that it creates for your athletes. So whereas they may walk around looking big and strong and huge, right? That's not contributing to anything. It's, it's not getting them faster. It's not getting them stronger. And it's not going to help then become a better athlete on the field of play, All right? So I guess to, to wrap this up, right, this is a pretty quick episode here. Hit method training is not going to do the things for you that you think it's going to do if you're under the impression that it's going to make you stronger and more resilient as an athlete. What it will do is it'll make you look better at the beach, right? It'll help you uh, kind of get through workouts with without having to dedicate so much of your life to it. Um, because you can get hit workouts done in like 10 minutes, uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes at most. And you don't have to do them all that often due to the fact that, you know, you're going to be crushed. You're not going to be able to get back in the gym. If you're exhausting, if you're doing four to five compound exercises to failure, dude, you're going to feel like trash the next day. There's no chance that you're training again. So it's good for the general public in the sense that it doesn't take a lot of time, right? It doesn't take a, a whole lot of effort if you're talking about really only hitting four to five sets to failure, um, and it, it's gonna it's gonna help it's gonna help you grow. If you grow, you're gonna look better, and and that's that's great. That's what the majority of the general public is after. But athletes need not deal with this hit method. And if you're a strength coach who's still utilizing the hit method in 2021, you need to stop because it's you're hurting your athletes. It's not. 
it's not making them more resilient on the field of play. It's, it's actually putting them behind the eight ball because now they've got all this extra size that they're carrying around and they've got no strength to push it forward. So you're not making them stronger. You're making them bigger. Um, you know, you can think of, of sarcoplasmic hypertrophy or non-functional growth as, as gaining fat because it's really not helping you do much. It's just extra weight that you're carrying around that's not contributing to strength, size, and speed. All right. Or sorry, strength, speed, and power. It is contributing to size. That's what this whole thing's about. Um, so, uh, again, you know, just pretty quick today. Just wanted to kind of talk about that. The hit method is trash. If you use it, you're a trash strength coach. You are. I mean, there's so much information out there to the, to the contrary as to what you're doing in your weight room and just read a book, you know, get better, be a better strength coach. All right. So that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. We're going to be pushing out a lot more content. So, so keep up. And I really mean it this time. I know I said it over the summer, but then we hit all those snags and you know, now we're, we're rearing to go hitting the ground running, getting a lot of clientele in and out of here. And, uh, we've got the time to be able to dedicate to content. So we will be doing that for you. I hope everybody has a good week and, uh, we'll see you next time.